Doctor Who, Short Trips. This Sporting Life by Una McCormack. Read by Peter Purvis. The streets were deserted, as if an eternal Sunday morning had descended upon London. The TARDIS settled into place noisily but unremarked. The Doctor and his two companions emerged. Stephen Taylor frowned. Hmm, not quite the swinging city you promised, Dodo, he said. Looks like everyone's at home in bed. Dodo looked round, puzzled. The TARDIS had come to rest in the shade of a tree that stood in a small park in front of a very imposing building. There should be crowds, the everyday traffic of a big city, but instead there was nobody about. It should be busier than this, Doctor. Is it Sunday? Did you get the day wrong? Stephen laughed rather hollowly. The day? I'm amazed if he gets the century right. Are we even sure we're in London? From close by... Big Ben began to chime. Dodo laughed. Oh, this is London, all right, and look, there's even a bobby coming to talk to us. A bobby? Stephen asked in bewilderment, but any explanation that might have been given was cut off when the policeman spoke. Here, you lot, what are you doing here? How did you get past the cordon? The cordon? said the doctor, looking round quickly. The whole area's been cordoned off. Has it indeed? And why, might I ask, would anyone do such a thing? Hmm? Why? The policeman gave the doctor an odd look. Where have you been the past few days? The doctor chuckled. Uh, here and there, almost, you might say, everywhere. <laughs> well, you can hop it right back there, said the policeman. Go on, shoo, or else I'll start to think you're behind this old blooming business. What business? Stephen started to say, but Dodo tugged his arm and shushed him. Slowly, the trio moved away from the TARDIS and along the street. I think I know, Dodo said. She pointed across the green towards a newspaper stand, closed and unmanned, its usual inhabitant no doubt also having been sent packing by the police. But there was a headline pasted on the side. Trophies still missing. Reward now offered. Ah, said the doctor, I see now. He glanced back at the TARDIS, which seemed almost to be enjoying this rare moment of inconspicuousness. March 1966? Hmm. And I suppose this building here, with all the police outside, must be Westminster Central Hall, suggested Dodo. Will someone, said Stephen, please explain what's going on? I'm still none the wiser, Stephen said. Why would anyone be bothered about a cup? The Doctor and Dodo exchanged a look. It's not any old cup, Dodo stressed patiently. 
It's a Jules Rimet cup. And what's a Jules Rimet cup when it's at home? Dodo blinked. Well, it's the World Cup. A World Cup. I'm sorry, Dodo, you're not making any sense. What's a World Cup? The World Cup, said Dodo. Honestly, Stephen, I don't know how much clearer I can be. Don't you play football where you come from? When you come from? Football? Of course I don't play football. Idiotic sport for idiotic people. Eh, my dear young man, cried the doctor, the beautiful game. My dad liked football, Dodo said sternly. Well, he liked doing the pools. I'm prepared to accept that the past is a different country, Stephen shrugged. And in this case, it seems to be a country where they give a cup for being best at football. But it's still only a game, and it's still only a cup. It's not only a cup, it's a World Cup. And it's been stolen, and whatever you might think, Stephen Taylor, a lot of people care about it. All right, Stephen said cheerfully, keep your hair on. Well, I suppose now we're here, we're going to be doing something about it. Am I right, Doctor? The doctor, who'd been palming some small gadget or widget or other, peered up at the young man. What was that? The World Cup has been stolen, Doctor, Dodo said patiently. Are we going to find out who by? Eh, perhaps. The doctor was distracted again by the device in his hand. What I don't understand is why someone would steal the cup, said Stephen. I understand it's important, but look... He pointed at a poster on the wall. It says it was on display with all those stamps. Well, surely they'd be worth more, so why steal the cup? With a quick, brisk movement, the doctor popped the device back into his pocket. Ah, A good question, he acknowledged, and one which I believe you've answered yourself. People find value in the strangest things. Uh, Oh, dear me, that policeman seems to be coming our way again. Perhaps uh, we ought to move along, hmm? They walked slowly on, one eye on the policeman, who was standing arms folded, watching them leave. A little way from the city hall, they paused to look back at the TARDIS, resting peacefully, at one with its surroundings. The policeman was still watching them. Well, said Stephen, We can't get back to the TARDIS, or not until that Bobby is looking the other way, so I suppose we might as well try to find out more about this missing cup. Dodo laughed. Oh, I'd love to find it, Doctor. What do you think? The Doctor was palming the device again. He looked up to answer, but before he could speak, a little figure came out of nowhere running towards them. He stopped before them, head darting one way and another, as he looked at them quickly in turn. Then he shoved something into Stephen's hand and ran on. What on earth? protested Stephen. Hey, you, wait! Dodo was on the case at once, sprinting after the small figure as he ran down the street. Hey, she called. Stop! The little person glanced behind but didn't stop, slipping at speed down a nearby alleyway. Dodo pushed on, quickly gaining ground. Stop! She was so close. She reached out her hand to grab the figure, stop him from getting away. But as her fingertips touched his shoulder, the figure disappeared into thin air. Dodo stopped dead in her tracks. She shook her head and rubbed her eyes, but no, he was nowhere to be seen, 
he was gone. Stephen came running up behind her. Oh, Dodo, he said, slightly breathlessly. Where is he? Where did he go? Dodo turned to him. You're not going to believe this, but he disappeared. Disappeared? Don't be daft, Dodo. People don't simply disappear. This one did. Stephen wandered up the little alleyway. Look, there's all these doorways. He, he must have slipped inside. Easy to miss in the shadows. Stephen, I had my hand on his shoulder. He disappeared. The doctor came up behind them at a considerably gentler pace. Huh. Now, where is our friend, hmm? he said. Where has he got to? Disappeared, apparently, smiled Stephen. I'm not making it up, said Dodo. Doctor, you believe me, don't you? Of course, my dear girl, why wouldn't I? All it requires is a simple matter transportation device. Now, shall we stop troubling ourselves with trifles and instead examine the real mystery here? He pointed at the parcel that Stephen was still holding. I'd like a look inside that, if you don't mind. Stephen obliged and began to tear off the brown paper wrapping. A piece of paper fell to the floor. Dodo scooped it up, unfolded it and read out, We require £15,000. If we do not receive it, we will destroy the rest. I wonder what that means. Um, Dodo, what do you think this is? Stephen was holding out the contents of the parcel for her to see. It was a solid block, octagonal in shape, deep blue in colour, and flecked through with white marbling. Yeah, lapis lazuli, murmured the doctor. Doctor, Dodo cried, it's the base of the cup. We should take this to the police. I'm sure that bobby back there would be pleased to see it. The police? Uh, the police? The doctor peered up at her in bafflement. My dear child, what use would the police be? Well, it's evidence, isn't it? It'll help them catch the thief and solve the crime. And what would we tell them, hmm? The doctor said. That a strange person appeared from nowhere, gave us this and then disappeared once more into thin air? Uh, I think that would all seem very suspicious, don't you? And besides, his eyes gleamed. I have my own suspicions about this parcel. The little device had emerged from his pocket once again and he was poking it into the brown paper wrapping of the parcel. Yes, he said, as I thought, uh, most interesting. <laughs> most interesting indeed, yes. Yes, I knew something wasn't quite right. Dodo and Stephen smiled at each other over the old man's head. Doctor... Stephen prompted gently. What have you found? This parcel and all its contents, said the doctor triumphantly, are emitting high levels of Stein's radiation. Stein's radiation, Stephen sighed. Sometimes, doctor, I think you make these things up. There's nothing make-believe about Stein's radiation, said the doctor. An interesting byproduct of some forms of... Space flight. Dodo frowned. Is that very common on Earth in the mid-sixties? The doctor beamed back at her, the proud teacher of a promising student. You're quite right, my dear girl. It's about as common here and now. 
well as a matter transporter, hmm? He peered down the alleyway. Yes, yes, we must find the source of the radiation and quickly. Come along, this is much more important than a silly sporting trophy. Stephen didn't exactly put his faith in the doctor's devices and widgets, but he had to admit they often led him to some interesting places, and this little shop down a small London street certainly promised intrigue of some sort. The doctor, tapping the device, murmured, Yes, yeah, yes, very strong here. What is this place, doctor? asked Dodo. A goldsmith's the doctor said. This affair gets more and more interesting. <laughs> he pushed open the shuttered door of the shop and went inside, his companions trailing behind. The proprietor, a little man wearing half-moon spectacles, looked up as they came in. Ah, good morning, sir, said the doctor in a stern voice. A word, if I may. The goldsmith peered at him over the flat rims. A word? What about, exactly? He had an accent. It came out as word and what. The doctor drew himself up. I think you know, sir. I think you know very well what exactly. The cup, of course, the cup. Where is it? What have you done with it? The goldsmith didn't blink. I have no idea what it is you're talking about. Oh, come off it, said Stephen. You must read the papers like everyone else. What cup do you think we're talking about? The goldsmith frowned, and then his eyes went wide. Are you crazy? What would I do with something like that? Sell it, said Dodo. Do you not think it would be recognised? Melt it down, suggested Stephen, although I imagine that there are many people who would quite happily buy something like that. Some people like to own things, don't they? Keep them hidden away in a cupboard so nobody else can enjoy them. The goldsmith had gone quite pale. With a trembling hand, he pointed towards the door. Get out, he said. In all my days, such an insult. Go and get out. Or else, said the doctor. Will you call the police? Hmm? I say do your worst, sir. I am certainly not afraid to have the police brought here, but are you? Hmm? In fact, thought Stephen, having the police arrive would lead to all sorts of difficult questions that they probably would have some trouble answering, such as what had led them here in the first place and why hadn't they passed on that ransom note. So, with a wink at Dodo, he put his hand on the doctor's arm and gently persuaded him out of the building. The doctor did not intend to leave without a fight. I tell you, sir, he cried, this is not the last you have seen of me. You shall answer my questions. But the door slammed behind them. They stood outside the shop. Dodo peered back through the door, but then the shutters came down firmly. I do feel bad, she said, sighing. He's an old man. I mean, what if we'd made a mistake? Could we have made a mistake, Doctor? A mistake? Ah, of course not. Well, we might have taken a wrong turning somewhere, Dodo said. Or perhaps the readings are getting mixed up with something else, Stephen suggested. Ah, nonsense! 
said the doctor firmly. The radiation levels are very strong here, and what else could it be but Stein's radiation? There's nothing like it on Earth in this time period, hmm? He gave the shuttered door a fierce look. Nope. No, whatever is behind all this business, we will find at least some of the answers here, but I need a more effective means of tracking down the source, and for that, I need to return to the TARDIS. Stephen, he said, clutching the young man's arm. You wait here. Keep an eye on our friend inside. Dodo and I are going to try to get back to the TARDIS. What if he leaves? said Stephen. Well, follow him, of course, said the doctor. See where he's going, but do try to be discreet. And how will we find each other? said Stephen. The doctor glared through the window. A shadowy figure moved within. Oh, I'm certain, very certain that we will find each other. <laughs> Our friend will surely lead you to the source of the radiation, but I should very much like to be there first. Stephen stretched and yawned. The late afternoon had quickly faded into evening and now it was becoming dark. Behind the shuttered door of the goldsmiths, a light had been on for some time, and he'd seen movement too, but not for a while. He was starting to think that perhaps the goldsmith had slipped out through some back door, although Dodo had taken a recce and promised there was no other exit. Oh, there'd be just my luck if she'd missed something, he muttered to himself. I could end up standing here all night while our friend is tucked up in bed at home. He wrapped his arms around himself. It was starting to get chilly. But Dodo, it turned out, had done her job. Stephen, drifting away, was brought back to alertness by the light going off inside the shop. Then the door opened and the goldsmith emerged, looking round shiftily from side to side. Stephen pressed back into the shadows. The goldsmith, satisfied that he was unobserved, locked the door, pulled up the collar of his coat and slipped away into the night. And Stephen followed. They walked for some time, and, at length, the goldsmith led him away from the main roads and down along a dark and narrow alleyway. Stephen became aware of the soft lap-lap-lap of the river. The buildings became more and more run down, many with boarded-up fronts and in a fair state of dilapidation. Hmm, not such a marvellous city, Stephen muttered to himself, although he had to admit that it had a strange charm, as if the ghosts and echoes of long history lingered in its nooks and crannies. They came out by the river and walked down a seedy embankment with the big locked doors of old weather-battered warehouses to one side and rusty railings between them and the river on the other. At length, the goldsmith came to a halt outside one of the buildings and, reaching into his pocket, presumably hunted for the key to the door. Stephen inched forwards. Suddenly he felt hands on him, one grabbing at his arms, the other pushing up for his throat. He struggled to free himself, but the grip upon him was very strong. He thought, I'm not going to get out of this one. And then a voice cried out, You! Stop that! Stop that at once! Stephen looked up to see the doctor, Dodo beside him, standing by the railings. 
The doctor's arm was stretched out to hold something out across the water. Lamplight struck it and it gleamed blue. It was the base of the cup. Stephen felt the grip on his arm release, and, turning, he at last got a glimpse of his assailant. He gasped. In this light, the figure's slight stature might have made him think that this was a child or a small woman, but the skin had a silvery sheen, the eyes were too purple, the fingers too many, and the strength in those hands had been, well, inhuman. This creature was most certainly alien. <coughs> doctor, Stephen croaked, rubbing at his throat, but the doctor lifted one hand. Quiet now, Stephen. He then addressed the alien directly. Now, listen to me, whoever you are. I have the base here. Yes, you see, I have it. This old slow river here holds many secrets, and I shall send another its way unless you tell me why have you come here? Who are you? What do you want? The alien did not reply, but Stephen thought he heard a long, quiet hiss. And then another voice called out, Stop! Stop! P please stop! It was the goldsmith. He was hurrying towards them, half running, half stumbling, and his hands were fluttering. I beg you, he cried, don't do it. The doctor stopped. Eh, very well, he said, his voice stern. But I demand an explanation. Who are these people? Have you harmed them in any way? There will be trouble, sir, if you have harmed them. Harmed them? The goldsmith came to a halt beside the doctor. He was breathless from the effort. Dodo reached out her hand to steady him. <laughs> mein Gott, I have been trying to help them. Help them? The doctor was disconcerted. He turned to the alien. Is this uh, true? Has this man harmed you in any way? I can help, but only if you trust me. The goldsmith blinked nervously and licked his lips. The alien stared at the doctor with unblinking eyes. There was another quiet hiss, and then it said, Yes, he has been our friend, and we have been in need of friends. Dodo took the goldsmith's arm. Show us, she said quietly. You can trust us. Really, you can. The goldsmith looked at the doctor. What about him? The doctor drew the precious blue stone towards him, hiding it in the folds of his coat. It is safe. Now, sir, show us your secret. More gently, he said, I can help you. The goldsmith sighed, and then, nodding, he led them towards the warehouse. The doctor and Dodo followed on, and Stephen and the alien came behind, each eyeing the other in an unfriendly fashion. The goldsmith unlocked the door and pushed it open. Inside there was a small light quickly extinguished, and some murmuring which fell into silence. The air was very damp. All is well, the goldsmith called out softly. You can put on the light, 
I swear. There was some more muttering and the lights came on. Old electric light, thin and yellow, but enough to reveal the contents of the warehouse. The space was dominated by a big shape, about the size of a car hidden under old sheets and covers. Next to this, cowering, were four frightened little figures, similar in appearance to the one who had attacked Stephen, but smaller, more vulnerable. The alien who had attacked Stephen went forwards to meet them, holding each one in turn. Perhaps you see now, said the alien. Our world is at war. We fled in this ship such as it is. We were glad to get away alive. Some of us have family on another world. So why did you land here, said Stephen, more out of curiosity than doubt. Why didn't you get there as quickly as you could? As we passed this system, I realised that the ship's shields were broken, said the alien. Yes, we could reach our destination, but we could not land. There is a fierce electromagnetic field around the planet, and passing through the atmosphere, we would burn up, it sighed. I saw this world with life, and I hoped that someone here would be able to help us. It turned to the goldsmith. And there was. You stole the cup, said Dodo, and brought it to him. She nodded at the goldsmith. Something of a shock when I opened the parcel you brought in, <laughs> the goldsmith said to the alien. But there wasn't enough gold in the cup for what was needed, and I suggested... He looked uncomfortable. Well, I suggested the ransom note. <laughs> so that we could buy more, as much as they need. Dodo whistled. <whistles> I hope the police never hear you say that. Oh, what a mess. Of all the things to choose, the jewels remake up. The alien turned to the goldsmith in anguish. We have caused much trouble for you, it said. We should leave. It is not certain that the shields will fail. But it was clear from its expression that the alien did not believe its own words. You would die, the goldsmith quietly replied. No, no, I cannot permit that. Indeed not, said the doctor briskly. I shall take a look. I'm sure that with a little work I shall soon have this ship flying again quite safely. Hmm? He pulled at the covers, revealing a little ship that even to Dodo's eyes seemed beaten up and decrepit. A sorry little lifeboat to carry these people to safety. The doctor opened the hatch and took a look inside. As he worked, Dodo turned to the goldsmith. If there had been enough gold in the cup to mend the shields, would you have melted it down? Looking her straight in the eye, he said, Naturally. She whistled again. It's the World Cup, she said. It is nothing compared to the lives of those people, he smiled at her sadly. Once upon a time, I too needed a helping hand. 
It's maybe nearly 30 years since I had to leave Vienna, but I haven't forgotten the kindliness I was shown when I arrived. He frowned. There was cruelty too, yes. But the welcome is what I remember most. I would always help a fellow being in such need. And as for that thing, a trinket, a toy, worthless in comparison. Dodo patted his hand, and then the doctor cried, Ah, I see. Yes. Yes, this ship will surely fly again and safely. Stephen, back to the TARDIS. There are a few things that I need. Those who linger into the early hours on the streets of a city as old and as crowded as this one can see many strange sights. But surely few have been stranger, even in that old city, than the scene that unfolded near that old warehouse on the river that night. First, the warehouse doors opened. And a big, dark, bulky shape, a machine of some sort, perhaps the size of a car, was pushed out by a tall young man. Two old men followed, and a young woman. And then, last of all, five small figures, no bigger than children and with a strange sheen about them, slipped out into the night. On the big dark machine, a hatch, irised open, giving a glimpse of a blue-white light within. The five figures said their goodbyes and then, one by one, climbed through the hatch. It closed behind them. The others hurried back towards the warehouse. There was a soft whir, perhaps an engine of some kind easing into life, and the dark shape flared brightly just for an instant before shooting directly upwards. It hovered for a moment or two, 50 feet or so above the ground, and the whir grew louder and louder until, in a flash, the shape shot off high up towards the stars. And then they were gone, and only the lights and hum of the old city remained. Ah, there, said the doctor with great satisfaction. Safely on their way, and may they find their happy home and their friends safe and sound to welcome them. He turned to the goldsmith. Now, sir, their cup. The goldsmith nodded and went back into the warehouse. He came out holding something wrapped up in rags. Unrolling it revealed the cup. She was beautiful. The golden goddess Nike, winged and arms upraised, holding the cup proper, gleaming in the first light of dawn. Even Stephen gasped in awe. What are we going to do with her, Doctor? Dodo said. She was clutching the base to her. The goldsmith handed her the cup and she pressed them together, reunited at last. Take her to the police? We can't do that, said Stephen. There'll be questions and I don't imagine you want to tell them how you came into possession of a police box, do you, Doctor? A police box? queried the goldsmith. Oh, never mind. <laughs> your business is your own business, and you have done enough for me tonight already. But I too would prefer not to return the cup directly to the police. <laughs> I would rather there were no questions either, <laughs> all too difficult to answer, and I do not like officials very much. I prefer to live a quiet life, unnoticed. 
And so you shall, said the doctor, if you can direct me to the nearest post office. The goldsmith smiled. I believe that it is possible. And you, Dodo, uh, I would like you to find me a newspaper and half a dozen sausages. There was a pause. Sausages, doctor? Uh, you heard me. Go on, go on. He shooed the young woman off down the street, then turned to Stephen. No questions, dear boy, no time. Where is that brown paper? Yes, yes, very good. Now, wrap the blessed base. Uh, yes, here's some string and address it to New Scotland Yard. Now, come on, no need to take all day about it. Stephen obeyed and, following the goldsmith's directions, went on his way to the nearest post office. He was soon back and Dodo returned not long after, a little parcel clutched between her hands. Half a dozen nice plump sausages, Doctor. They look lovely. Oh, dear me, said the Doctor. I'm sorry that we shan't be sampling them, <laughs> he chuckled. No, no, they're not for us. You'll see. <laughs> Come along now, Stephen. And you too, young Dodo. We still have another short trip to make yet. <laughs> Turning to the goldsmith, the doctor grasped his hands and shook them warmly. Goodbye, good sir, he cried gaily. What a hero you have been, in your own quiet way. <laughs> he looked about. Now, where have those two young people gone? <laughs> Always in a hurry these days, young people. <laughs> The three travellers sat companionably side by side on a little bench watching the world go by. Children out to play, running to a nearby park. An old man walking slowly, leaning on a stick, eyeing them curiously and giving a friendly nod. A man walking his little dog, which trotted ahead, sniffling and snuffling around in the garden hedges. Suddenly the dog gave a bark of pure joy it dived into a hedge and started pulling at something. Hey, called its owner, what have you got there? It had better not be squirrels again. The dog barked again excitedly. The man bent down next to it and pulled out a little parcel wrapped in newspaper. Hey, what's this? He said as he unwrapped it and the sausages fell out. Blimey, look at this. Someone must have dropped their shopping on the way back from the butcher's. That's your supper then, old boy, isn't it? <laughs> the little dog dived onto the shopping. The man carried on unwrapping the parcel. Something glimmered in the spring sunshine. The doctor chuckled under his breath. Blooming Nora Pickles, the man shouted. Look at this! It's only the flipping World Cup! Ha! <laughs> Dodo burst out laughing. Doctor! Did you know that was going to happen? The doctor shook his head and tutted. Oh, meddle with time, Dodo. I wouldn't dare to do something as dreadfully irresponsible as that. Oh, dear me, no. <laughs> but his eyes were twinkling. He stood up, linking arms with Dodo, and led his friends back to the TARDIS, his shoulders shaking in silent mirth. All over, Doctor? asked Stephen. <laughs> yes! replied the doctor and opened the TARDIS door. It is now. Whoa!